Hey there, my name is Cara McClintock and I am the host of the Building a Better Body podcast. I am a certified health coach, a podcaster and the platform for others to share their story. My aim is to get as many experts on the show as possible, be that experts in health, experts in fitness, experts in mind, body and soul, all the good things that make up that better body. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey there you and welcome back or if you're new around these here parts a very warm welcome to the Building a Better Body podcast. So here we are on episode number 103 and with that a very different format for you today. I really enjoyed this conversation with my friend Neil McCallion who is a software engineer. Now I've known him for quite some time now and it was great to have him on. Now before we get started we are not talking about software design. I will be a rubbish interviewer on that topic. Today we're actually switching it right around and Neil is going to interview me. I thought it was time you got to know me a little bit better, especially if you are actually new to the show. We talk about my journey into podcasting, my thoughts on all sorts of different things, my beliefs, my struggles and much, much more. We actually recorded this right after I got back from a two day trip, so I was super tired, but I hope I make a little bit of sense and you enjoy this. And I want to thank Neil very much for being an amazing guest host. I can't think of anyone who would have done a better job and I hope you enjoy this one my friends let's delve in today hey Neil welcome back to the show I hope you're excited to join Karen again today <laughs> <laughs> I am super excited thanks very much yeah. for having me so we're changing things up a bit I am the uh person getting interviewed today so I'm excited stroke nervous <laughs> because actually and I'll tell the listeners I normally send questions to the people that are getting interviewed to give them an idea of flow but I don't really know what Neil's going to ask me today, but I did actually ask on social today to, to, to any of my listeners if they've got any questions and we did get some stuff sent through. So we will hopefully slide some of those in. So I do have a slight idea, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to kind of let you guys hear a little bit more from me and who I'm about. <laughs> the real cars behind the mic. The real cars behind the mask. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously we, we talk a lot and some of it is in the car and it's a bit kind of uh, free-flowing and a little bit ranty and very passionate, shall mm -hmm. we say. So mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping hoping we'll get some of that across in, in this little chat. But yeah, I've got some questions from your social feed, yep. a couple of my own and things I know that we've discussed before that I know you have pretty big opinions about. But to get started, um, obviously, just in case you have some new listeners, which I'm sure you do always, can you just summarize this podcast for new listeners? What's the purpose? What's it called? Mm -hmm. How long have you been doing it for? <laughs> well, it's called the Building a Better Body podcast. And I was looking back over actually to see how long I've been doing it for because you know you do things like this and you lose track. You don't celebrate and you don't look back and see how far you've come. But yeah, 2017, roughly I've been going about two years on this podcast and I actually had a podcast before this I don't know if you knew called Primal Foodcast have you heard of that it rings a bell but yes. it rings a bell but I'm not sure if I ever got to hear it before I think that's where it started I did it with a friend years ago and it's kind of it was just only about food and it started from the whole being paleo and we want to kind of dive into that but I couldn't even tell you what we talked about it was that far back but it <laughs> obviously triggered a passion and sometimes it's easier and she moved away and stuff so sometimes it's easier to do these things on your own <laughs> because okay you you will sit down and do the work if well I initially have set myself you know the task of bringing one out a week with a break every seven episodes so I have that schedule and I don't want to break it and I have nobody else to rely on apart from the guests right enough but if I don't have a guest I will talk myself so yeah um it's been going for a couple of years what else did you ask me why or well it was just more like what what's the purpose what's of the point? podcast if you yeah. had to, if you had to give like the one line pitch to a new listener what what does this podcast give them yeah, it's kind of been my intro line for a while. It's a platform, it's become the platform for others to share their story because it started off with me ranting on about what I know and what I kind of have studied over the years about food, nutrition, movement and all of that. And then I kind of got a bit, I got a bit stagnant or a bit bored, if you like. I don't know if the listeners were getting bored as well, but I certainly was as a host. So I wanted to get other people on 
telling their story that they were passionate about and it could be varied in topic you know it didn't have to be food it became everything and anything and I want people who are listening to hear different stories and hope that it triggers something in them you know a passion to sort of go oh I need to try that or I would like to do that you know I I enjoyed being the interviewer and not the person uh sharing all my own stories if that makes sense Apart from this episode, of course. Apart from this episode. <laughs> Every now and again, you have to kind of, you know, I want people to know who I am. You know, it's, I think people can buy into you a little bit better if they understand what you're about. So it's about time I did another one of these. I've probably done it a little bit in the past, but this is my, my stage in life now. So I think it's a good time. Sure. And you mentioned previously you felt you kind of become stagnant. Was that purely because you were the, the sole subject? If you like, you were the person who was always talking. Yeah, and you kind of think, right, I have actually run out of topics here, so I wanted to speak to other people who were, as I say, passionate about other things that I had known nothing about, and hopefully that will be interesting for the, the listeners as well. <laughs> but yeah, I did, totally. I got very stagnant, uh, and I'm sure, I mean, there's always new science coming out, but I just needed to, it's like anything, you want to just change up the format a little bit, and, uh, and it excited me a little bit more to do it this way. Sure. So you've been going since 2017, roughly? This one um, here, yeah, mm-hmm. This one here. You obviously haven't always been a podcaster. Um, can you tell the listeners a bit about your career history and your background? What did you do before all this? Um, what's your kind of uh, path through your career so far? This is a very unexciting story. <laughs> <laughs> well, make it more exciting if you want to. You know, yeah, just tell us a good bit. I'll just make stuff up. <laughs> right. So, career. I, I haven't even got a career yet. That's what I would actually say. I'm still striving to to make something stick but I've kind of meandered around through as you know yourself creativity uh I started off being very passionate about photography I studied it I did an HND in photography and then I did a degree in creative imaging and I always loved that when I think back to you know primary school I think I was saying this to you recently I have a really early memory of sitting drawing a a blossom tree and thinking yay I want to be an artist this is like the most fun ever (laughs) yeah it was like a kind of uh, eureka moment for you in terms of what you felt you wanted to do with your with your energy and your creativity yeah and so I think it's important to kind of look back on that every now and again because if you do get a little bit sort of stuck it's good to kind of go back and go actually that that lit me up and maybe just start doing that again to see where it leads and I have I I, I let it be for so long but you know yourself I've been trying to do a bit of digital art on the iPad and it's for no reason for no kind of end game it's just for the the sheer enjoyment of it and I've said on here before whenever you're creative like that with no kind of agenda it leads to all sorts of different avenues after that so yeah yeah I've done I've done the photography thing and then the nutrition uh kind of came in after doing the marathon I I think it's so far back it's kind of you kind of wonder because a lot of people on podcasts that talk about health have this big enlightened story where they had really really bad health and they changed this and that and now they've got this urge to tell everybody but I didn't really have a big pivotal moment it just kind of slowly crept in uh, so there wasn't some like life. There wasn't some life changing events that uh, totally transformed your attitude to your well being. It was more of just of a gradual introduction into your life. Yeah, I, I almost wish there was <laughs> some sort of <laughs> major issue, but no, it wasn't. I did the marathon. I realized this was that the Belfast marathon. The Sorry, Belfast yes, marathon. Yes, two thousand and nine. It's ten years this year. Okay. I did the marathon. Wow, which is absolutely crazy, and That's I would scary. never do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so many injuries and maybe that was that you know the injuries and the breakdowns that I had in my body that kind of triggered right what can I do to make myself stronger and healthier here and uh it was Mark my partner who mentioned paleo to me and he wasn't even interested in it he listens to a lot of as you know wrestlers on podcasts and stuff and they're yeah probably talking about these sort of things and he mentioned it I thought it was absolutely ridiculous but whatever happened it, it triggered something in me and I came back to it again and I, I kind of toyed with it played with it and then I did a, a diploma in nutrition but it was very conventional and you'll hear me maybe talk about this a bit later on conventional wisdom needs to be questioned quite often <laughs> so it wasn't enough for me so then I came across a guy called Mark Sisson and people who listen to this show will probably know who he is he runs the blog uh, Mark's Daily Apple and he created a certification and that's whenever I thought yes this is more in line with the direction I'm heading 
And that's whenever I became a certified primal health coach. But it wasn't, I kind of toyed with the fact that I wanted to work one-on-one with people, but it just didn't light me up. And that's, I think, where I came to the podcast idea, where I would rather just speak and share my story with as many people as possible and then get other people on board as well I didn't want to sit with one person across the room and tell them this that and the other because I'm not gonna lie after a while uh, nutrition got boring to me because there is it's so diverse and you cannot give a meal plan to one person that'll be the same for another so it it, it bothered me because there were so many people with different opinions and it got kind of I don't know it wasn't a nice place to be and as you know, if you listen to my podcast, guys, that I've spoken to so many different people and they're thriving in so many different ways. So it's it's too difficult to have that one-on-one with somebody. I'd rather share a vast amount of knowledge and hope it triggers something in somebody else. I could, I've kind of meandered a bit there, but I don't know if I've answered your question. No, you totally have. Um, I, I guess I just want to circle back for a second and ask, uh, with regarding your diploma, when you were... Um, receiving this kind of conventional wisdom that you talk about at what point did you kind of realize that it was conventional and was ripe for challenge was there something specific that made you think hang on a second this needs to kind of be looked at in more detail I had to write papers on stuff and I was writing stuff and I was trying to be a bit more I was trying to sort of bring in a bit more of the paleo while because I was learning that as well as doing this conventional stuff and I was writing papers and she was kind of the woman who graded me was wasn't so sure what I was saying was correct or whatever but I knew that there was lots of anecdotes out there and myself I gave up just as a as an example even though I didn't have a health concern I gave up all grains okay I didn't give up bread and instantly I noticed that energy boost in the afternoon whereas I thought you know three o'clock in the afternoon I'm getting a bit older you're just supposed to be tired (laughs) so okay so so you had you had experienced yourself the benefits of following this at the time probably yeah. quite radical to them uh, yes. research but they didn't really want to know when you were bringing that into the into your work they kind yeah. of rejected it yeah because it was just they obviously have a curriculum to 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 um run through and I wasn't exactly <laughs> adhering to it so yeah but I couldn't help it because it was just making much more sense to me after what I was learning from Mark Sisson that this was the way to go for me and but I imagine when somebody hears this for the first time giving up what good whole grain bread or whole grains which are supposed to be heart healthy doesn't sound right but people tell you this and you just expect it to be correct no it's it's what is it cereal you'll see adverts for healthy whole grains but it's people trying to sell stuff you know agriculture has kind of made us sick you know we're eating stuff that our body doesn't necessarily need and finds it hard to digest and you know some people might feel fine eating it but grains have changed they're not the same food as they were and people are getting bloated and uncomfortable and think it's normal but it's not and grains are a big part of that and and as I say I gave them up and I had my energy boost so I'll stay on my lane I, I, I'm happy with not having them but if you want to eat them that's absolutely fine <laughs> <laughs> sure and it just underlines the point that different things work with different people and i guess that's where you found that going to so many different individuals on a one-to-one basis and trying to tailor the research to them even if it wasn't boring it's probably just going to be exhausting after a while i imagine and you realize then that you can reach a wider audience by starting something like a podcast and trying to to reach out and be more of like a a community manager for want of a better term yeah and that's why it's important for these people that I come on to share their story where they have had issues they've had pains they've had arthritis they've had autoimmune diseases and they've brought in these types of protocols and they have um, felt better so even though I haven't had a story you know maybe that's why people won't listen to me as much when I haven't got something to overcome but when they literally have fixed issue after issue by doing these types of things then it's not coming from me it's coming from them and they've got a real life story so that's yeah that's what I hope they hear and take away and you yeah know, and the, the evidence is right there then you know it's not just anecdotal it's there it, it is anecdotal but mm. the person is right there telling you and and vouching for the benefits that this lifestyle change has, yeah, has had for them for sure i mean i've so, had a doctor on here telling me the exact tell, saying the exact same thing but doctors don't study an awful lot of nutrition they don't and they give you a pill to paper over <laughs> the symptoms and that's can be fine for a short period of time but they don't know an awful lot 
about nutrition and but this doctor that i did have on he's spent the time and he's done a lot of research um dr ken berry if if you guys want to go back and listen to that one very very insightful and he will say the same sort of things as me okay so we'll definitely circle back onto your uh, views around nutrition and the internet community and yeah. conflicting info and received wisdom in just a second so yeah, yeah, yeah. so you get your diploma you realize that there's a, an alternate path to be taken you get more into nutrition um, and you realize that you want to reach a wider audience what were the early days of the podcast like were there technical hurdles you had to overcome <laughs> what were the main challenges to kind of getting off the ground there i i think they weren't as bad as i thought uh, well, I, I, I've got a bit of a technical brain anyway, so I knew how to, you know, recording wasn't my forte, but I knew how to get it up onto iTunes and all that sort of thing. And I think, I, I mean, I had a basic microphone, it's nothing like what I have today, but when I go back and listen to the first show, it's actually not that bad, I don't think. <laughs> it depends, some people are audio snobs, <laughs> not mentioning <laughs> any names, but like, even I was listening to a podcast quite recently, and Mark, my partner, he would be quite sort of an audio snob he would have a problem if it's not perfect and he was saying you know even editing is important because he was listening to this in the background and the, the girl who was getting interviewed was doing a lot of um um uh, uh a lot of that and I would cut that out of my podcasts and it, obviously listening to him say that it's it's interesting to know what will put a person off of a podcast and I probably didn't chop out enough of that at the start but sound wise I thought it was okay and I kind of like this is maybe just me I kind of like leaving the kind of not so polished ones at the start because that's who I was and you don't want to polish it too much that's an organic journey and you can all go back and listen and see <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah for sure and if it's a natural pause in the conversation that kind of thing is fine but as someone who does tend to um and uh, a lot when I'm being interviewed yes. uh, to, to go back and listen to a podcast and hear they haven't cut those out can really really put me <laughs> off as well it's it's great to know that you've kind of evolved that way and obviously that's just through getting feedback from people who are listening and mm. learning your craft as you go yeah. any other major challenges that you've had in terms of everything from visibility to community building to where you're hosting your audio that kind of thing i use a company called fireside for hosting i don't know if you've heard of them um dan benjamin started his own sort of hosting company uh, he was a big podcaster back in the day i don't think he does anymore maybe he does but i learned a lot from him even from mic technique to equipment to you know where to host your stuff so he yeah he made this whole hosting website which i absolutely love i put my audio up there and it convert and you put all your show notes in put all your tags it lets me know the stats of the downloads as well which is so important because if you don't know where people are or how many downloads you're just talking blindly to nobody <laughs> so that's been really really helpful but uh, technical wise like even in the amount of interviews I've done I'm so surprised that it, there hasn't been an occasion where it hasn't recorded or something like that you know it's like oh I have to do it all over again that's never touch wood happened I've never had a major technical issue but talking about you were asking about audience I, I do find that I would love to get a little bit more engagement from my audience I know there's people listening and I know there's the same sort of regions in America listening but I would love people to email me more and just ask me stuff you know anything at all just to let me know that you're enjoying the show and maybe the, maybe this episode will help because you get to know me a little bit more and you'll feel a bit more comfortable reaching out that's what I would like more of if that makes sense yeah so it's not just a matter of discoverability when people are trying to find the podcast in the first place you mean for the people who are listening and you know they're out there you'd like to have a bit more of a back and forth with them exactly yeah don't be scared please do you, <laughs> do you think there's um any changes you would want to make to your social media setup or other ways that you could reach out or start a community have you considered uh, mm. starting a patreon if you don't have one already or I do. Uh, starting a form of some kind or a community you have a patreon yes? i do have a patreon so maybe that's the problem people don't realize i do yeah i have a patreon so people can support me over there <laughs> you wish to give that a quick plug while you're on the air it's in my show notes every every week you'll see the patreon link <laughs> <laughs> and you can support okay. me yeah another example of you building the community and, and hoping for more engagements but that, that's obviously must be it must be a constant challenge for yeah. you to try and overcome yeah I, I i keep saying i probably should be doing a little more more face to camera stuff on instagram and things like that but i find it difficult <laughs> i do i like the, i just like being behind the mic and uh taking my time rather than doing maybe uh you know an instagram live where it's kind of a bit pressurized but i can still do obviously videos I've, I've tried to put a little bit of video up of me doing my 
uh, calisthenics and stuff like that, <laughs> which we'll maybe talk about later. But yeah, I think people need to get to know me more. And as I say, this should hopefully help that. Maybe maybe that'll uh, encourage a little bit more engagement. Yeah, sure. Reach out, people. Karen wants to hear from you. Yes. So consider this an open invitation, I guess. I'm quite so nice. So <laughs> she's all right. As someone who's known her for almost two decades, she's all right. <laughs> Love you too, Neil. Love you. Cheers. So let's circle back to uh, some of your earlier talking points around, obviously, you're one of many, many uh, nutrition and well-being focused podcasts and mm-hmm. figures in the wider community. As you say, there's a lot of conflicting info and a lot of, frankly, fear, uncertainty and doubt around mm-hmm. certain food groups or certain you know, things that once were good for us are now not, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any particular bugbears at the minute? Not to go into it from a negative point of view, but I mean, how do you, what separates you from the rest of that pack in this way? How do you kind of cut through the, the noise and, and find some truth in what it is you're discussing? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's almost hard to answer nowadays because there's that much going on. I don't want to be, I don't want to complain about what people are doing out there. I know that most people are doing things from a good place. You know, they've started something, it's working for them and they can't help but share that story. But I've tried to maybe, maybe I haven't, but I've tried to not be the preaching type. You know, you should be doing this. It's why, as I say again, it's why I get the guests on who are thriving on stuff that you would think is absolutely out of this world. And and you, you know, I've talked about it before. People who are trying the carnivore diet, which are doing, these guys are doing really, really well because it is the ultimate elimination diet and people with a lot of digestive problems and distress and who've been ill for years are trying this and they're they're doing really well really well so the only conclusion I can come away with is and I always say it is to listen to your own body you know experiment as I say conventional wisdom question it question everything question what I'm saying question the people that come on the show you know when you wake up in the morning do I feel good? If you're waking up, if you're 25 and you're waking up and feeling like the back end of a bus in the morning, every morning for the last, I don't know, months, years, something's not right. And you've got to start tweaking things. And maybe, as I say, if you listen to something in this podcast and think, yeah, I've gone through that sort of similar health concern. I'm going to try what this person's doing. And you might not feel better and that's okay. So then we can shelve that idea. It's just literally about becoming a a biohacker or a self-experimenter and working out what works for you so I mean, but sometimes you do need to be polarizing and sort of say look i'm gonna stick up for this this well is- yes i mean that was gonna be my, my next question was yeah. i get that you want to uh be open-minded and obviously the whole point of this is that different things work with different people mm-hmm. you mentioned the carnivore diet as being something that's potentially outlandish to some people but if they get the results you're not going to judge them harshly for it it's yeah. not your thing but mm-hmm. you know whatever I'm sure, and not to kind of goad you into getting too negative, but I'm sure you've seen quite a bit out there that is objectively nonsense or harmful based on your own knowledge and your own research. Mm. Do you feel a a sense of responsibility to combat that or to outright call people out if that's the case? Or do you, you mentioned you stay in your lane, but Mm. do you feel a responsibility to your community to make sure that that kind of information isn't disseminated? Sometimes I'll share stuff that is it seems pretty obvious to me and I, I would like other people to to read it so not to get too stuck into the whole veganism thing <laughs> but it's just whenever people share stuff like I don't know if you've heard of the beyond beyond meat burger it might be more American have we got it over here I don't know have you heard of it beyond meat I have, I think I've heard of it because I've heard you talking about it probably yeah um, so, so this this is a this is a vegan burger yes yes it's a vegan burger I, I could probably google it here and see what is in it but whenever somebody shared the fact that there was you know i don't know dozens and dozens of ingredients in it as opposed to a piece of beef uh in a burger like a 100 percent beef burger and thinking that that is better for you than the the meat and the fact that you know people complain about uh meat production being bad for the environment whereas this beyond meat burger has so many ingredients in it I don't know what processes and what travel and what airplanes are used to bring all of this stuff together it just makes more sense to me to eat much more simply than that Uh, I think we've got it a little bit confused and I'm scared that people are slapping vegan on a on a on a box and thinking oh that means it's healthy but you flip that over and there's so many ingredients in it that are going to end up doing you I believe 
harm. So that, but that, as I say, is my opinion on these things. And, and not just not just harm to the individual, but harm to the planet potentially yeah. as well as, as you sure. say. There was an article I shared a while back. I can't remember the title of it, but and I think I mentioned it to you. You know, and I don't want to offend anybody, but the fact that if we were to literally eat nose to tail, say one person would basically only need two cows a year to survive, and that's it. So that would be better for the environment than literally wiping out ecosystems to plant soy and corn and all these sort of things that are, you know, going into these other burgers and things like that. You know, whereas if you just kind of turn over the land with a couple of cows, you would literally do the environment much more a benefit than, you know, wiping out ecosystems where, you know, you're, you're having to do fields and fields and fields of soy where you're killing all sorts of uh, animals without even realizing it with combine harvesters <laughs> do you know what i mean so that and it does and i assume you would obviously imagine this to be a, like a sustainable farming system yes very yes. humane making sure animals are well treated yes. um and and we as a society need to get over some of our um yuck factor i guess around eating nose to tail and some aspects of using yeah. every part of the animal that maybe aren't particularly well aren't well taught or well looked upon probably in yeah. in general culinary circles i guess one yeah. of a better term because if you go back um, have you if you go back uh, to your granny day, granny's days where she would eat liver and kidneys and all that sort of stuff, liver is so... I don't eat it that much either, to be honest. I don't love it, but I'll try and hide it in things every now and again. It is one of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet, liver. Uh, way more than any vegetable that you could have. If you look at the breakdown, there's just literally everything that your body needs. So yeah, if you were to eat more of that, you would instantly feel better energy. Um and your brain would function with less uh, fog <laughs> if you were to eat more food like that. Why do you think we've lost touch with that aspect or lost sight of that aspect of, of uh, eating animals as a society? Is it just a presentation thing or getting over, like I said, the yuck factor aspect of it? Or is it just fast food more than anything else? All of that, probably. But yeah, I think yuck factor, we don't even, you know, if you eat a chicken, it's like it has to be the chicken breast. You know, you don't want to eat the dark meat. You don't want to eat the skin. You don't want to eat um, anything that's not just perfectly. And the, and the chicken breast is the least um, nutritious bit of the thing, you know. <laughs> it, yeah, it's definitely a yuck factor thing. And then we want convenience. We want to just walk into the shop and grab something that tastes really good and doesn't really yeah, matter. And, and there's aesthetically pleasing as well i'm sure is a big yeah. factor in it as well you mentioned the dark meat so it's more of a commercialization kind of uh side effect i guess is yes. that we, we don't pay attention to to these aspects of the animal anymore exactly. i'm sure have you ever had this conversation with someone who is a vegan or who otherwise doesn't eat meat um or no. have you, I, I'm, as a lead-on question have you ever dealt with any more more militant aspects of any dietary or um diet-based community where obviously you know views can be quite strong quite mm -hmm. polarized mm -hmm. it, it's it can get almost religious in nature in some cases i mean how, how do you have, have you encountered that and how do you kind of avoid those aspects of of what you're doing in your own community yeah i haven't had any vegans on which i probably should just to have a, a kind of a, a counter argument and just especially be, after that speech <laughs> i know was that was that aggressive <laughs> not at all no but i mean it's a, it's a fairly compelling argument for as you say eating nose to tail and being responsible with how you uh, consume animals but mm -hmm. yeah maybe you would like to have a, a vegan uh, guest to offer a counterpoint or a rebuttal yeah, well, as I say, a lot of the guys that have been on have been through a journey themselves and two or three of them had, have been vegans and, and just after doing it for, it may not, issues may not show up for, you know, two, three, five years and they decided that their health was deteriorating and it only got better when they started to reintroduce meat. And I'm just saying exactly back what they said to me. So that's the only experience I have where it hasn't worked out for people. But it could be, I mean, your genetics could very well be thriving on on a vegan diet and that's okay but i just don't think it works for me and because of all the people that have come on and, and changed their lifestyle from being a vegan it's just it just adds to my fuel if you like um and but i don't blame anybody for trying it it's so much in the world right now there's a massive movement you're seeing you're seeing it everywhere you're seeing it on all the menus when you go for for dinner you're seeing it in the supermarkets if i was 10 years younger i would probably get involved in it because i don't know what i know now and there's no harm in experimenting but if people are doing it out there now i just encourage you to kind of 
listen to your body and go actually do I feel better on this and if you do that's fine keep on going but if you don't you have to let it go because I know a lot of people let it become part of their identity and changing that is scary but if you don't feel well if if there's something not quite adding up you, you know it's okay to change a couple of things just to see how you feel yeah and it's that advice you keep coming back to about listen to your body it has to be right for you and you know just almost treating it like like an experiment and you know keeping track of data and food mm-hmm. diaries or wh- whatever else needs to be done to to make sure that you, your well-being is, is sustained mm-hmm. um that's obviously advice you're giving on a fairly regular basis i imagine when you were coming up in your in your podcast and getting started and even to this day you're probably getting some pretty good advice from other quarters as well and your guests or people you're following yourself on social media or other podcasts mm-hmm. is there a particular piece of advice you've been given regarding health or well-being that has really stuck with you and kind of shaped your journey so far Yes, that was a listener question, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I believe so, yes. The best advice. Uh, no, do you know what? I can't think of one thing that somebody has said to me and I've kind of went, yep, I'm going to try that. But it's almost like osmosis. <laughs> All the different guests that have come on have probably affected me without me realizing it. And I've tried different things and kind of tweaked myself. But there's not a big standout moment where that was the best advice other than maybe question conventional wisdom that actually... That line came from Jeff from Hunter and Gather. They're the mayonnaise guys. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, I have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he He's very smart. He he said that and that kind of stuck with me. So perhaps that's kind of been what I've thought going forward. Um, but Yeah. And although it's interesting to note that you were already clearly doing that in things like your diploma and the way in which you try to introduce some of your own uh, learnings into that particular uh, part of your life but I guess to hear it crystallized in yes. the form of someone's words someone who you respect and admire makes a big difference I imagine exactly but even not even just food this that's, that's another thing my podcast has evolved I hope it's evolving a bit beyond food because again it gets a bit stagnant after a while so well-being is is much more than what you put in your mouth so other advice actually it's just coming to me now is to meditate I do that pretty much every single day now and I've said on here before, you don't notice what it's doing until some a challenge comes up and you can actually deal with it so much better because of building in that meditation practice. So that's one of the best pieces actually of advice that's not food related is to sit and do that every single morning just to help. Well, I mean, let's, uh, let's talk a bit about that then because I know yeah. that, as you say, in addition to your nutrition uh, focus, you're also very much into physical and mental health as well. And what form does your meditation take? Do you use any particular form of meditation or is there apps for it? And I mean, how has that had a positive effect or otherwise on things like your stress levels and, and your sleep? Yeah, well, there, it takes on different versions. I've been as extreme to do a silent retreat weekend, which is brilliant. It's three days of silence with Buddhism type meditation built into it but for your every day I will literally do 10 minutes in the morning with my red light shout out to uh, Brian the red light rising company <laughs> my, you know about my Hello, red Brian. light yep. <laughs> so this silent retreat you're on that's where you go out to a, I assume a remote location yes. you're supervised but yep. how do you pass the time and I assume in the absence of conversation well, this one, there, I've heard of ones where you literally just walk about and you don't do anything, <laughs> but then there's meditations built into it. But this one was, you could read, you know, the, you could read the the Buddhist teachings or you could bring your own book or just go for a walk out in the grounds. But there was quite a lot of meditations built into the day. So you're talking about six, which would have been about an hour hour and a half session wise but she would talk the lady who took it she would talk for a bit and then you'd meditate and then she would talk a bit more so the day was quite well broken up but very very great experience to just not talk to people and you actually get used to it after a while it's kind of like oh do I have to start talking again (laughs) I imagine particularly for a podcast host where your voice is kind of where the focus is just maintaining some silence for a while might be a nice nice change of pace yeah I'm very comfortable with silence I know a lot of people aren't but I think it's great but yeah I know that that's not always going to be something that you can do so that's why I built in a simple 10 minute practice in the morning in fact I probably should be doing a bit more than that but it's very manageable to do 10 and I do use apps yes I'll use uh, 10% happier or insight timer I think that's the two you might tweak between a couple other ones but those are the ones the 10% happier one has a daily one so generally it's absolutely grand to get started with and you've I let you listen to one of those there the other week so simple and yes. uh-huh. nice way to to spend a bit of your day 
So for those who don't know, this is an app where you can pick a particular uh, meditation duration, I imagine, and a, a focus, and then the voice on the app just guides you through a, a period of time where you're meditating, your eyes are closed, potentially you're breathing, you're yep. just letting everything kind of fall away for a while. Mm-hmm. And do you know? Do you notice a positive effect over time by using this? Yes, absolutely. And as I say, it's very subtle. Even in in that moment, it does feel good to just try and. So it's, meditation is not about uh, shutting off the brain. It's just about acknowledging that thoughts are there and just letting them pass. And then you just get better at that. And you do just focus on whatever it is he's saying or her. Is it the breath or is it the fact that you're just sitting there? Or maybe you just want to focus on the noises outside, like the birds or things like or the wind. And yeah, it just makes you be that little bit more mindful. And the the podcast interview I did with my friend Donna the other week about the Power of Now book, and that's building on it as well. So it's it's definitely a lot of practice, but trying to just be in the present moment and stop distracting yourself with technology or anything to to take away from the fact that you need to just be with yourself and feel the feels if something's got coming up for you. You know, you have to feel the stress sometimes and let it pass through you. You need to feel anxiety to realize it's actually okay on the other side. Uh, well, feel free to not go into this in any great detail, but do you have certain anxiety or stress triggers that you've helped manage with these apps and with uh, staying in the moment, as you put it? Well, when something comes up, it's just, it's obviously depends. And sometimes the monkey brain will take over and you just launch into a rant. <laughs> <laughs> we all are all sure. human. But what it's trying to teach, what it is teaching me is to just take that, as I've said before on here, space between a reaction and something that's happening in front of you you know it's kind of how do I want to react here you always have a choice but you sometimes don't let your brain calm down a little bit so it helps your brain give you that space back and decide how you want to respond to whatever's happening Uh, and I, I don't I, I have anxieties but that no, no, never takes over my life and I know a lot of people today have a serious anxiety problems and there can be so many reasons for it and meditation is just one tool in the toolbox to play with and it, it's what works for me. Well I know in addition to your meditation you also are very physically fit Um, you've been taking <laughs> very good care of yourself lately. Yeah. Do you want to talk a bit about that? I mean what's your current kind of regimen? Uh, what's working for you these days? How do you discover some aspects of your physical fitness yeah that's a a bit of a journey as well so like if somebody was to ask me you know what should you do exercise wise first of all you have to I think you have to enjoy it (laughs) because people I've so many times people tell you you should be doing this you should be doing that's really good for strength it's really good for blah blah whatever it is insert whatever it is but if you don't enjoy it it's not the right exercise for you I was thinking about this earlier and I was thinking I am just well right now it could be a season but right now I am done with a squat rack I'm almost done with the gym (laughs) do you know what I mean I don't enjoy it I I have started as you know calisthenics class and there will be exercises in that which are squat related and sometimes we'll do squats with a kettlebell but I'm just I just don't want to go in with that thing on my back anymore and do it because I'm not enjoying it. But I do know that the squat is an important exercise for strength. So the advice I would give is, yes, find something that you enjoy. And that's what I'm doing. I'm enjoying calisthenics and try new things. For an example, last week, what did we do, Neil? We went climbing. <laughs> we went bouldering specifically, yes. Oh, yes, <laughs> indoor indoor climbing. And it I didn't know what it was going to be like and I am hooked after one session so it's just about inject maybe it's because it's new but injecting new and fun things and changing it up and, and not being sort of stuck in your ways but generally for me what's worked is just building movement into your day it's not about doing the gym three times a week and then sitting and watching Netflix the rest of the time just get up and move and you know stretch and just because to me it's not about really what you look like anymore it's whether you can lift something up without straining yourself can you bend over without making that noise you know I want to be strong and I want to be flexible I don't really care what that looks like I have got more muscles I ran into my mum the other day and she's like don't you be letting your legs get too muscly and I'm like it's okay let your (laughs) legs get muscly I just want to be strong and I know there's like uh, osteoporosis in our family so and muscle building is going to be really difficult as you get older so I want to build my muscles now protect my bones so that I'm okay when I'm 
old. <laughs> well, this was going to be my question. I was trying to decide how to approach it in a subtle way, but has age played a factor in your uh, sort of shift in focus in your routine from aesthetics to functionality? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as I say, since starting calisthenics, after, I thought I was reasonably fit and strong, but one session in a calisthenics class and you know exactly where all your weaknesses are. <laughs> so I have, I knew I had slightly rounded shoulders, but I've been working on that to try and get the ultimate handstand done. And it's because of my rounded shoulders, I find it difficult and I have weak wrists and I find it difficult. But I love the fact that I'm slowly but surely getting stronger. And it's one of those things that you don't want to give up because you can see the benefit coming. I used to have a sore lower back all the time. And it it never occurs to me now to worry about my lower back because of doing these types of exercises. So yeah, I'm getting older, but I would probably say... I have different, I mean, I've been walking up Cave Hill, which is for people listening, a big, big hill. And I find that quite difficult because it's a different level of fitness. But I've just noticed, right, that's something I need to work on then. That more kind of hiking type of uh, elevated fitness. I want to work on that. But I think I'm stronger than I used to be, more flexible than I used to be. And you almost, you know, people my age, I'm 39, will have pains and aches and they probably think it's just kind of normal but I don't want to be the person that accepts that I'm going to drop dead healthy thank you very much (laughs) I don't want to have I think that's a good goal to to try and achieve yeah I don't want to deteriorate (laughs) and accept the fact that you know when you're in your 60s or 70s you're supposed to have arthritis and you're supposed to be slowing down says says who who makes up these rules you know I I don't want to accept that I want to be I'll try my best maybe I will get all these things wrong with me but I'll, I'll 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 try my best to avoid it if I can it won't be through any fault of your own if you do. And there it is again, you're sort of the conventional wisdom is this is just part and parcel of the aging process. And yeah. here's you to say, not necessarily something you refuse to accept and kind of overcome in a, in a strange way. Yeah. And, and it's going back again to the same approach you've taken to your nutrition, which is you're, you're listening to your body. You're trying to find out what works for you in terms of your fitness. The squats weren't working. You weren't enjoying them. You switched to a different regimen with calisthenics and, and body weight fitness, and, and that's working for you. Mm-hmm. And as someone who is a year younger than you, but who looks and no doubt feels quite a bit older, um, I can definitely vouch for the, uh, the shift from uh, functionality to aesthetics. Um, I mean, I could go into the gym and I can you know deadlift yeah. all day more or less but doing things like bouldering or even like fitness challenge stuff um mm-hmm. like uh, even ninja warrior type things or yeah mobility and climbing all kinds of stuff just to make it less boring and mm. test different test different parts of your fitness I, I guess as well as where you're currently at is just making sure that you're a rounded individual in fitness as well as in your uh, mm. your career and in your your mental health as well whenever you say say it like that it sounds so obvious why why do we not make it fun what, who says you go to the gym and you have to do these sets and until it hurts and then you go and do it again the next week and maybe add a bit more weight and you know you kind of wake up to yourself and go do you know what this is actually really boring <laughs> i would rather well, do now just just to clarify it's boring for you right because i mean some people obviously <laughs> myself included to some yes. degree uh, I, I find that the gym my relationship with weightlifting has changed over the past few years and it's become much more about personal goals and a strong degree of mental health as well mm-hmm. if it, it might not be the long-term healthy solution for coping with anxiety but i find spending an hour in the gym just with nothing but you and the weight is a, is a very good way to de-stress and mm. to focus on focus on that one moment and it is a form of meditation in a strange slightly masochistic way because you're in the moment right there it's just you and what you're trying to lift and nothing else really matters you know yeah. so yeah it's wrong uh, for me to for, say obviously but yeah it's wrong for me to say that it's it's not fun it can be for other people but it's about realizing what lights you up and kind of yeah. changing it up if it's not working for you anymore it's having that awareness sure yeah and so and it's all with a view to, as I say, becoming a more rounded individual in all aspects of your health, including your, your mental health. Mm-hmm. I know a big part of that for you, you mentioned it before, is you have a very strong creative streak as well. <laughs> You've done digital arts, uh, been into photography at various points in your life. Do you still find that having a creative outlet and the way to express yourself that way is important to you? And how do you kind of scratch that itch with everything else you've got going on in your life at the minute? I haven't made it enough of a priority. And I think it's something that I'm starting to realize a bit more now when I'm kind of feeling a bit more stuck again. <laughs> it's I can be quite impatient. Uh, I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I can. I have a rough idea of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's about. Um, so you mean specifically in terms of uh, if you don't get results quickly, do you find that becomes a, a stress factor for you, or is it more just if the results aren't immediately excellent, you tend to throw it to the side? Is this a thing? Well, there's probably an element of that, but not so much that as more kind of sitting down 
and drawing or whatever it may be I feel like I should be doing something else maybe it's just you know it's not productive enough so why am I sitting doing this which is absolutely the wrong way of looking at it because I know literally said it at the start that it leads to more creative things in the future if you sit down and allow yourself that time to enjoy it it's yeah so it's just a story I've told myself that it's like this is a waste of time and it it takes too long you know I could be sitting here for two hours what else could I, I be doing this time you know it's just a silly story that I've told myself that I know I can break and it's just about self-care and allowing yourself to do that a little bit more do you find that that's a side effect of I mean do you often feel time poor or that there's deadlines or other kind of uh, limiting factors upon you is that why you you tend to resist the idea of sitting down and and in your words wasting that time by being creative I have lots what's the pressure where does the pressure come from I do have lots of time it's just you know when you hear people say I don't have time it is crap isn't it because it's about prioritizing that time you know there's plenty of things you could cut out and inject stuff that you do want to do it's just it's almost an excuse it is an excuse if I say I don't have to I don't I don't really utter those words I don't have time it's just literally uh, I don't give myself that luxury and I need to I know I need to and even just going for a walk without any technology is enough to get me sort of thinking in creative ways and I know when I go on holiday I'm very much about getting the the phone out and doing my mobile photography but it almost at this moment in time it takes for me to go somewhere new to get inspired to do that because I feel like I've just taken everything and anything around my uh, immediate vicinity you know oh wow so you feel you've exhausted all the options where you are and you need to go field yeah <laughs> do you really believe that or do you find that that's a, a, oh, that's form of a fascination <laughs> oh it's an absolute crap story i've told myself but it's a story um nonetheless that i need to break <laughs> the habit of so uh, w- the next time you find yourself uh, with a pull towards doing something creative be it some photography or drawing or whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. and you feel that niggle in the back of your head that tells you that you could be doing something better or this is a waste of time what's the truth you're going to tell yourself in that moment to well, I'll just kind of push past that think back to this story and say now karen you know that it makes sense <laughs> to sit and do something a bit more creative and and i know it'll help relax me and it'll help me be more productive in the future so it's it's yeah i'm the awareness has been created now so it's it's going to be done <laughs> we'll do another we'll yes, do a part two and you can check up on me <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm very much the same. You know, I have a number of uh, creative aspirations in my life, from mm-hmm. music to art that I'm perpetually, uh, eternally frustrated by. Um, one thing I know we talked about privately recently was trying to win back some headspace, in a sense. You know, there's a lot of things going on in our respective lives, things that we want to devote time to, but the fact that we can't is almost a source of stress in itself. Yeah. And I know an exercise that has been useful for me is to just have a look at what's actually on my plate, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And if there are things there, don't need to be given attention right now and can kind of slide for a while. Mm-hmm. Just basically give yourself permission to do that and say, look, I'm not going to cut the stuff off forever, but it's not important to me right now. There are other things that are more important, other things that are going to, not to get too Marie Kondo about it, bring <laughs> me more joy. Mm-hmm. And you know, to kind of make that mental adjustment because you know, in practical terms, it's not going to change anything because you're not doing those things anyway. It's just letting yourself no longer be stressed by those things. I mean, mm-hmm. have you found that a useful exercise yourself recently? Yes. So listeners, we both, Neil and I both did this exercise. Neil prompted it in me, a keep and let slide list. And I think I've said it before. It's There's something about writing it down. It makes it so much more real and more actionable. And yeah, I, I, I've written it down. I've been away for a couple of days, but I almost want to look back over it again and see, am I adhering to what I actually wrote down? Because yes, writing something down makes it more real, but you can file that away and forget about it very easily. If you're anything like me, you're probably a fairly perpetual list writer as well. <laughs> yeah. um, just, But seeing itemized that way is a good way to, as you say, keep yourself honest and also give yourself time for re-evaluation as well i think mm-hmm. if if there are things that maybe weren't on the list before that now are i think that's a sign of growth one way or another mm-hmm. i mean all this is obviously to kind of indicate you, you say you say you never say that you don't have time but it's clear that you have a lot going on in your life from the podcast to your day job to your creativity your fitness mm-hmm. mental and physical mm-hmm. do you ever feel overwhelmed um and if so how do you cope with that how do you kind of bring the, the noise down a bit yeah you mentioned meditation obviously but are there other things you you do to kind of keep it all maintained and that that was a, a question on my social as well and I was thinking about this earlier and I do you know what I really don't think I have I experience overwhelm that much in the in the sense that when you when I hear the word overwhelm I think 
all consuming you know this is really too much for me to deal with it I'm I've been called kind of stoic a little bit lately not in that I'm emotionless but I kind of I'm a bit more solution based and kind of think yeah something will kind of irritate me it seems to pass by me very quickly maybe I need to feel the feelings a little bit more and actually experience my emotions but I overwhelm is not a word that sort of sits with me I, I don't know if you've seen me be overwhelmed <laughs> have you <laughs> uh, maybe in the early days of us knowing and working together or maybe when you've lived with me for a while it might be some aspects of uh, being overwhelmed but yeah. when you say things kind of pass you by is, is that in a healthy way you kind of just let well as we said let them slide or do they kind of mm. go past you but then stick and kind of you end up dragging them along with you i mean to what extent do you think you're actually able to move past things and, and not get overwhelmed by them but it's not like a you know the way there's people that just don't express that they're annoyed and and you know they they, they let it eat them up or whatever you'll know if i'm yeah, annoyed. They, they internalize <laughs> yeah. internalize all the anger and the conflict they have and don't give it a chance to be used productively or otherwise i guess yeah i don't think i can hide my emotions that much you'll definitely know if something's kind of irritated me but it's it's like i can just let it slide I can because I can see maybe it is the meditation I can see that and I'll say this question to a lot of people who are experiencing it themselves you know can you control this and if you can't then you've got to let it slide and if you can control it to a certain extent like I said then you know you you look for solution and you get into action you make a better step forward because of it so I think yeah I, do, I think I do feel it and I but I just don't let it consume me is there something in your learnings or in your your history that has helped you to get to that point where you can do this in a healthy way because i know myself and mm. other friends of mine um aren't so good at this particular process yeah um is, do you think the things like is that a, is that a mixture of self-care and making yourself healthy physically and mentally and the mm. the meditation do you think that this is a, a positive side effect of all those things or is there something specific that you think has really helped you hone in this particular skill that's a good question. Maybe it's just in my genes. <laughs> but there is, I often talk about the four pillars of health, the the nutrition, the exercise, the sleep and the mental health. So, you know, if you're not sleeping at all, you have a shorter fuse. If you're not eating well, there can be lots of nutrient deficiencies. That means that your brain is, isn't working to its full capacity and you'll have a, you know, a, a knee jerk reaction to things. So I would imagine because I've put all those things to the forefront recently anyway that I can deal with adversity better but I'm just guessing you know sometimes you don't have a real awareness of how you're reacting to stuff as well <laughs> so I could ask people you know have you seen me like freak out over something recently and they might say yes and I haven't even been aware of it but I, I'm pretty sure that all those four pillars have helped me deal with adversity a little bit better and I just I think there's always a choice to to freak out and react or there's just another choice to just go okay what can we do here I think that's always been a part of me I've been pretty easygoing I guess people would probably describe me as easygoing and a happy-go-lucky kind of girl <laughs> I think well my question was going to be obviously this is a, is a journey you're on and your, your progress over the past few years has, has been notable was there a time where you don't think you would have reacted so well to certain stresses or would you wouldn't have been so emotionally intelligent for want of a better word do you see the growth when you look back uh, yeah. over your life if i think about in school like i was i was probably pretty shy and i wasn't very confident but i was lucky enough to have really good friends around me so that would have helped but yeah i mean i wouldn't have I would have been shy in school. I think there was a wee bit of bullying went on in school and I wouldn't have been strong enough to stand up for myself. In primary school, I was quite shy as well. But nothing that's kind of overtook my life that was that dramatic, you know? So there's no point you wouldn't want to take a time machine back to like a particular day in your life and tell whatever year that was, Karen, what uh -huh. present day Karen knows now or any advice you'd give yourself? No, I mean, I think you do deal with situations the best you can with the tools that you have. You know, there's no point in rehashing and going back and saying, I should have done this, I should have done that. You did the best you could at the time. It's just beating yourself up if you wanted to go back and try and, um, you know, do something differently. What's It's over. It's the past. As I said, present moment is the only thing that exists right now. So what use is it to a person to go back and rehash? things that didn't go so well <laughs> so it's a, obviously a healthy attitude i mean you've i'm sure you've had adversity in your life in different times for one reason or another mm -hmm. it's a very broad question but what would you say your biggest challenge in life so far has been 
Yes, I was thinking about this. Probably, I, I, at first I thought, mm, I've probably been quite lucky. I haven't had, I don't have anything dramatic <laughs> that has happened to me. Touch wood, I've been very lucky. I'm very grateful for quite a good life. But maybe challenge-wise, not wanting to have children is kind of unique and different, I guess, at my age. Therefore, you know, being around friend, my friends that do have children, I guess I felt a little bit of an outcast because mums tend to hang around with other mums and I maybe have felt at times that they don't really fit in anymore and it's obviously not it's not their fault and I have no animosity towards them in fact I'm probably the one that's pulled back but I feel like I've changed a lot over the years and at times I have felt a bit lost but I've worked through that I'm not I don't have a problem with it it, it doesn't bother me I'm on my own journey and it's my responsibility to get joy from doing new things and injecting different passions into my life does that does that make sense yeah so you say you felt lost in just in terms of feeling what somewhat directionless is or, or like in terms of long-term plans in your life just was that was there a time you, where you didn't feel just when you grew up with the same people and you're all kind of doing the same things and and you're into the same stuff and then all of a sudden pff, that all breaks apart because they're all off having children and i don't want that path so it's kind of like so where do i kind of fit in but if, as i said it's not a problem it's kind of an awareness piece now where can i go what sort of new chapter can i start so yeah, it takes a yeah. bit of working through that. But yeah, there would have been a period when I'm like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> but you got to work, work I, through it. I imagine you've hopefully arrived at a point now where you can see that there's so many different potential paths still ahead of you. You yeah. know, and it's just a matter of exploring and figuring out which one or which ones to go on, I guess. Yeah, I'm always looking for the next new thing. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> so what do you think the next new thing will be for you? You know, in terms of not even just the podcast and your career, just in, in your next kind of big challenge. Do you have anything you're looking forward to or anything you want to kind of explore you haven't yet? Well, like I said, then this might be a kind of a strange answer, but trying to be a little bit more present and just kind of accepting if something new comes along and saying yes to it. So like literally that climbing that we did last week, I'm excited by that. I, I, I want to do more of that. And just sort of if something comes along, saying yes to it, if it, if it lights me up. And if it doesn't, just say no. So try not to think too far into the future and just doing stuff that I really enjoy and bringing that joy back to my life. Just really simple, I like it? it. Simple, but I think advice we probably could all do with uh, following a bit better, I yeah. think, sometimes. Yeah. Um. So what's next for the podcast? Well, I'm just interviewing people that want to come on and talk. And every every week I sort of think, oh, I've run out of topics. And then somebody else comes up on the timeline or I can sort of find new people through other people. And I get excited about that. There's always a new topic to discuss. But I guess, like I always say, I would like it to get broader and broader. It's it's Nutrition is always going to be there in the back burner. But opening up more about health and well-being and, and getting people on who've experienced different things in their lives and want to share their story with us. And if there's anyone listening who is harboring aspirations of starting their own podcast or their own community or whatever it may be in, in nutrition or well-being or, or beyond, is there any particularly useful nugget of advice you'd want to impart upon them before they get started? Just do it. <laughs> Just get started. If you think, overthink things, you'll never get started. You know, it's not about getting it perfect. It's not about getting it right. Even it's about making that first step and you will get better. And you, the worst thing you can do is give up because if you give up, then that's the end of the line. But if you keep going, you, as I say, you will get better. If I look back, I hope I've got better. And if I had to give up, I wouldn't have spoken to so many of the wonderful people that I've spoken to over the last couple of years. So yeah, th th people give up way before they're about to break through and that's something that you you mustn't do. <laughs> yeah, get started and join. I joined, if you're a lady listening out there, She Podcast. If you want to start a podcast, they are an amazing group to, to lift you up, to get, help you get started on your journey on podcasting or anything. There's always somebody, if you want to do something, there's somebody else doing it and plenty of people that want to help you out there. Do you think that's very important then, the community and collaborating with people is a vital part of achieving your goals? Yeah, in, in that it, it helps, as long as it's the right type of people. Like we started our, our meetup group, it's very important, I think, for people to uh, challenge you and be accountability partners, but also stay in your own lane. Try not to compare yourself to somebody else's journey because they could be one year ahead of you and you can't compare your yourself to somebody who's one year ahead just compare you to you yesterday or the year before 
and realize that you have moved forward so yeah community the right surrounding yourself with the right people can make massive changes in, in how you go forward excellent I think we might end it there, Karen. If there's yes. nothing else you'd like to talk about, I'm sure we could go all night. You know, we could do this for hours and hours as we as we I often know. do. But that, was, that was a long um, ass conversation. <laughs> but but hopefully uh, an interesting and enriching one. Um, you covered a lot of ground, and it's clear you've got a lot of great things going on, and still have so much to experience and bring into your life. So thanks for sharing it with us, and well, thank I you wanna... for having me be your. Yes. Go ahead. Thank you very, very much, Neil, for coming on and asking me those questions. This is a nice new format, and I and I enjoyed it. And you're a very good interviewer. You should start your own podcast, Neil. <laughs> Do you need help? <laughs> I don't know what the hell I would talk about. It would probably be some weird mixture of uh, software engineering, Dungeons and Dragons, and I don't know music or something. So if anyone out there is, would be interested in such a podcast, yes. job Karen Line. Yes, there's a there's a niche for everything. I love it. Yeah, if you're if you're interested in something, somebody else is, and you would there's an audience for everything. I I think it's it's something that a lot of people should get involved in because it's so much fun and exciting to 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 delve into these creative ventures. <laughs> okay, well you heard it here first. Watch this space. So yes. thank you very much, Karen, for having me. Um, and yeah, good luck with the podcast and and everything else. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.